0: MLB Network's Greg Amzinger has had a busy week, and as he does every Thursday morning, he's kind enough to join us with Carrick and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How are you?
1: I am doing well. Yes, thank you. The Hall of Fame is always a big week at MLB Network. I, I think we pulled it off, had a little controversy at the end, and even though no one gets in, I think it just adds to the credibility of the Hall of Fame. What do you
0: think the fallout will be from Kurt Schilling telling the Hall of Fame that he doesn't want to be in? He he doesn't want to be on the ballot with the writers. How do you, We know the Hall of Fame has already said he can't do that. But how do you think the writers are going to react?
1: Uh, I think it's reverse psychology. Uh, I think I think Kurt uh, is trying to make writers believe that he would be even more miserable if the writers who he can't stand would vote him in. So he believes that the writers will sit there and go, well, I kind of like making him miserable. (laughs) So let's vote him in. And he's 16 votes shy. He thinks that'll put him over the top. I I don't know what his issue is. Um, You know, you can go on his social media feeds and just read everything that he's put out there. Um, He's got a lot of anger. He does. And it's too bad. What a career. Uh, I think what he did on the field is worthy of being a hall of famer, but you do have to depend on writers uh, uh, selecting you on their ballot. And when you throw around so much aggressive speech towards them, I don't blame any of them for not voting for him. I, look, at the end of the day, so many of these men and women are accountable for their votes. They make it public. They let everyone know who they voted for. So 100 years from now, when people read about Kurt Schilling and what he stood for, Are you going to be proud that you supported his Hall of Fame candidacy? You have to ask yourself that question for every guy on the ballot. And if the answer is yes, vote for him. If the answer is like, then don't vote for him. To me, it's that easy.
2: Greg, we, in addition to shillings, Clemens, bonds, there was a lot of talk about things that have happened off the field. How do you think that that's going to translate next year when you have A-Rod and David Ortiz on the ballot?
1: It all comes down to Bonds and Clemens. The floodgates will open if they get voted in, which I don't think they will. Um, you know, I, I brought this up on the show uh, the other day, and I, I do think it's going to matter. You don't have to take a history test to get a Hall of Fame ballot. You do not. And the younger electorate supports Bonds and Clemens. They didn't live through uh, what we did, what Randy and I did. Michelle, you're younger than us, but what Randy and I witnessed, these guys do, uh, they, they they didn't really live it. They just look at a baseball reference page and they go, these guys are Hall of Famers. Everyone (laughs) did PEDs, right? That's the way they look at it. But when Hank Aaron passed away and the celebration of his life then began uh, for five days while it did not affect this year's ballot, it became a history lesson. This is a man that's life was threatened. His children couldn't go to school without bodyguards. This is a man that couldn't eat in public restaurants. He had to leave out the back door of ballparks. When he was in the dugout, at the beginning of the season, 1974, where he's going to break the record, right? He sat at the end of the dugout in case a sniper missed and accidentally hit one of his teammates. He didn't want one of his teammates to accidentally get shot. So this is what this man went through to break Babe Ruth's record. And Barry Bonds hangs on, juicing up beyond belief, we laughed at the pictures, but we shouldn't laugh at the pictures of the physical change of this man to break Hank Aaron's record. So I think what we witnessed, the history lesson we all we all received since Hank Aaron's passing, for the first time separated Bonds from Clemens. We've always put them together. What Bonds did is more egregious, in my opinion, than what, Bar- what Roger Clemens did, even though he has more Cy Youngs than any other pitcher. To make Hank Aaron tape a congratulatory speech and play it, and then to, to make Hank Aaron, you know, rest in peace, in his mind knowing someone broke my record, to me that is that is the most egregious uh, crime in baseball. And I think the younger electorate will, he's going to lose a couple votes. The guy shot it down when I brought it up, but I disagree with them because I was the youngest guy on the show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I, I just don't think, I think Vaughn's definitely not getting it. Greg,
0: I just thought of something. My son, Patrick, he, he gets a new cap in the mail like every day. He's got a couple of hundred caps. Can you imagine your head size rising like a size and a half, just wasting like 200, 250 caps because they don't fit you anymore because your head grew?
1: I mean, first off, what, what, what? Uh, business is this. They, so my daughter loves uh, iPhone cases. So have you ever heard of Casely? So for uh, Christmas, I got her uh, a membership to Casely where she picks out her new iPhone case, and it comes like once a month, and she's always looking for it. to gift <laughs> that keeps on giving. Is this the is this the baseball cap version of this of this of this company? Because I need to sign up.
0: No, he just he orders from everywhere, and he he actually stocks different caps. Like a couple of days ago, ago he gets an old school Buffalo Sabers cap. He said, I've been looking oh. for it for, for years, and he couldn't find it, so he just has these ideas of, of what great caps are, and every day when he comes down, he's got a different cap and it, it matches the shirt and everything. It's, he's a, he, And my wife says he didn't fall far from the tree, because I actually had a collection of maybe six, seven hundred caps in my younger days.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. Six seven hundred? Wow.
0: I built cabinets for the basement. I had every MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA team, and I built cabinets that circled my entire basement to house them all.
1: Most of them I never wore. Wow, that sounds like my walk-in closet when it comes to <laughs> ties. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, it but is, no, because I, you use your ties and you use them well. <laughs> hey, but You know what, though? It is a beautiful thing to decorate, uh, like a sports room. I, I would totally agree with that. Uh, but getting back to your question, imagine being one of the employees uh that works like you know down in the cl- in the clubhouse with Football the San Francisco Guy? Giants. And they have to measure your head. And and, and every single year, uh Bond's like, hey this is getting a little snug. And it's like, really? For real? Yeah, it's getting a little snug. Give me another one. Uh, okay. And then like six months later, hey man, I need another one. It's getting get a little snug. Wow, what is going on here? So I think that would be odd. That would be the odd part of that story.
0: Hey, let's move to now. Do you think the Cardinals are going to do anything? I mean, they'll have to get another catcher, right? And they, they almost have to get another infielder. So those are musts. But do you think they'll do anything where they're saying, okay, this is a move to make our team
1: better? I think they're going to, make, they're going to be the team that makes the in-season move. They're going to have to trade for an outfielder. They have to. I, I I keep looking up and down at, at what's available. Marce, Marcelo Zuna's not coming back. That's not going to happen. So maybe what you do is you go with a younger version of a guy that's not as talented, but it could, maybe it could become a Marcelo Zuna, a Domingo Santana who's 28 years old, hit 30 home runs four years ago with the Brewers. Maybe you roll the dice there, although I think what you have in, in-house is probably better. Um, this is a team that I think is going to roll out with with what they have, If they add anything, it'll be Molina and Wainwright. If they add anything, it'll be those two guys.
0: Greg, Will Leach at MLB.com has a a piece up about one move every NL Central team should make, and he thinks the Cardinals should sign Jock Peterson.
1: I don't think they should sign Jock Peterson. Uh, I think Jock Peterson is a a talented baseball player, but the role the Cardinals are looking for is an an integral bat that's going to hit behind Paul Goldschmidt. Jock Peterson is not that guy. Jock Peterson is a perfect role player like he was with the Dodgers, a guy that doesn't have too much limelight, a guy that can lay in the weeds. Um, You know, John Mosley, cares about, you know, the culture of the clubhouse and stuff like that. Jack Peterson is a a fun-loving guy. Uh, A lot was made that, you know, he's got a brother that he's had a really strong relationship with. It's a wonderful story. But Jack Peterson isn't, um, he's not the glue guy that, even Marcelo Zuna became. When you think about what they let walk out the door. Marcelo Zuna became the life of the party for the Atlanta Braves, changed the culture of their clubhouse. So I just, you know, I'm mean, going think about Luke Boyd, how wonderful of a guy he is. This guy's not in that category. I just don't think he's the player you're looking for. I think the Cardinals roll with what they have. If they add anything, it's Molina Wainwright, and they'll trade it. They'll make a deal for a bat to go in that lineup. Because I think right now, Randy, they believe they're going to be in the mix to win the division with the roster that's sitting on Mosella's desk at the moment.
0: Is the team that wasn't in the final four last year, that has the best chance this year based on their off season, is it the Mets or is it Toronto?
1: I got to tell you, I love the Toronto Blue Jays moves. The fact that they, they swung a trade for Steven Matz with the Mets, knowing what the Mets are trying to do right now, uh, to me, is fascinating. The reason I say the Blue Jays is like what I said with the Cardinals, the Blue Jays are going to tinker within the season. I don't believe Sandy Alderson. I think he's being pushed to make a lot of these moves. This is not in his DNA. It's just not. And if they go get Trevor Bauer, which I think they're both competing for Trevor Bauer, that's not what Sandy wants to do. I just... This is not how he operates. Stephen Cohen, the new new owner of the Mets, wants to be aggressive. This is his first year. He's been waiting his whole life to make his favorite team a World Series contender. So I think he's going to get what he can during this winter, and then Sandy's going to lead the charge once the season starts, and he's going to be very frugal, not add too much. I think the Blue Jays are just gonna be gunslinging, man. They they're taking advantage of a market where everyone else is worried about money. Rogers Communications has a monopoly of their company in, in Canada. They did not hurt for money. the the pandemic did not affect them. So they are trying to pounce when everyone else is licking their wounds. So what the what they're doing, the market and move, I didn't see that coming at all. It moved Bichette to second base, BGO to third. Now they've got, you know, a couple veteran bats in this young, star-studded lineup. Nate Pearson is going to be a monster in that rotation for them, the young, hard-drawn right-hander. He's throwing Steven who needed a change of scenery. They've already started adding to their bullpen with Kirby Yates. I love what they're doing. And I, I said uh, weeks ago, my World Series prediction is Padres-Blue Jays. it
0: will be fun. I, I would love it. Hey, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, now I'm motivated to go buy some baseball caps or anything. I'm going to go shopping right now.
0: (laughs) Enjoy. See you later. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN.
2: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.